This is The Playbook. Welcome to Office Hours. I'm David Meltzer, and this course of crew here is going to be dropping bombs. And talking about dropping bombs, we have the drum, the d- bomb dropper himself, one of my favorite people. Uh, and Bradley is here, and everybody knows his podcast, Dropping Bombs, but also CEO and founder of Lightspeed VT, incredible entrepreneur. Um, but he's, you know, th- th- there's the influencers of the influencers, Brad, and welcome to Office Hours. There's certain people that I actually take the time to watch and learn from, and you're one of them. And it happened because I think five years ago or so, whenever I was blessed to be invited to be on your podcast, I kind of figured out podcast by being on your podcast as you showed me exactly what a podcast was about. It wasn't just about amplification of great ideas and empowerment. It was actually a business development tool that we could utilize to meet people and provide value to not only the audience, but to us as podcast hosts, you're an author, you're a business person, you know, for you, how has the perspective of your brand and utilizing a podcast to build your brand beyond the subjective value that everybody perceives in a podcast, you know, you're like me, you, you don't necessarily, you have sponsors, you know, you're there to help others, but you also have been able to create unbelievable relationships from your podcast. Yes, I would agree with that. You know, when I started it, it was just because a lot of people were coming in and out of my office. And I thought, you know, my mission in life is to get the knowledge from the people who have it to the people who need it, because I think people are failing because they don't have the right information. So here I am with this technology that delivers tracks and measures good information, trying to get people better at whatever they do. And I've got all these subject matter experts coming into my studios to film and create courseware. And I thought, why wouldn't I sit them down while they're here, pick their brain, and, and get that content out there? Because a lot of times, courses are great, but like real conversations, sometimes you, you discover things you never would have discovered in a course. So, so that's what I did. I just did it to get the knowledge out there. I didn't think it was going to go viral or get big. It's huge, and it does have a Napoleon Hill-esque Right? Like you think of Napoleon Hill, how much Carnegie had to fund to get Napoleon Hill to 100 people to do the exact same thing that you and I are able to do every single day utilizing platforms like this. Sean, I know you do the same thing too, and you look up and learn from Brad as well. Oh my gosh, of course, I mean, who doesn't? Um, I love how, too, you've supported so many um, of these influencers. And a lot of people probably, unless you're a student of the game, don't know that. They can trace their success back to you. Um, and, and that's absolutely incredible, too, that you don't necessarily have to run around and say, oh, see, that one's mine, that one's mine, that one's mine. But people who have done their homework know Lightspeed and what it's done for so many people. I want to talk about the other side, though. You know, whenever you're doing something great, which you are, then, of course, comes the haters. Comes all the people that want to chime in and, and try and bring you down. And your way of managing it, what I love about your style is that you just tell people the way that it is. And I think that a lot of people would love to be that way. They say, oh, I look up to you because I wish I could do that. One, have you always been that way? And two, what advice would you give to people who are literally changing the world, but it's the chatter outside that's holding them back? Well, like my dad used to teach me, you know, wish in one hand, shit in the other, and see which one fills up first. You know, it's it, a bomb, the, <laughs> literally. Well, I mean, at the end of the day, 
it's not as difficult as people think it is. It's, it's people are so worried about other people's opinion that they uh, need validation from other people. And I got to a point, I don't know where in, in my life I got to the point where I realized you can't make everyone happy, right? So if you can't make everyone happy, you have to choose. Who are you going to make happy? This group or this group or this group? And there's just so many different groups and, you know, decisions. It's just like it's easier just to make yourself happy. So I just got to a point where it's like, you know, I'm just going to tell the truth. Keep it real. You know what I mean? And, and if someone gets offended, kind of that's their business. You know, I'm not trying to offend somebody, but I believe you really want to offer clarity in a world of chaos. And to me, if you just tell it like it is, although sometimes it is a little offensive because people don't want to hear the truth, you know, but I think, I think you get to the message faster. And that's what I want to do. I just want to cut to the chase, like let's get to the message faster. And then as far as haters go, I don't really acknowledge the haters and I don't really see them. Do I have them? Are they out there? Well, that was a question. Do you, do you even read the comments? Do you even look? Yeah, no, I read the comments. And then the ones that are like what, what considered hateful, if there, if there are any, I just say something funny back and they end up becoming a fan anyway. Right. Because, because I know that they don't know me. You know, and, and then my, if I'm giving my opinion and they don't agree with it, well, I already knew that was going to happen. <laughs> right? So it doesn't really matter what they're saying. Because I don't validate myself or my opinions or my thoughts by everyone else's. I validate it myself. So if I say it and I think it and I believe it, I'm even open-minded enough to, to change it. But, you know, there'd have to be a good debate and argument before, before that happens. Other than that, usually I'm, uh, more often, I'm right. <laughs> I love no open need minds. To, no need to be offended, but I need to be right. I like it. <laughs> Rhett. Brad, I, I, I love your work and to sort of echo what everybody else has said, but uh, I'm fascinated by, uh, are there some stories of success stories of people that you've helped that have really stuck out to you and, and, and make you smile when, when you hear somebody's taking your advice, taking your work, uh, taking, taking what you've produced and used it to, uh, to do something really special with. Are there a couple of people that you want to kind of shout out to that, have, that really stand out to you? That Well, I think there's a lot of them. That's what keeps me doing it. Um, what originally happened is I took a, a guy that was in the back working minimum wage, hardest worker in the place, and I brought him out front to teach him how to sell, influence, persuade, and start making real money. Because at the end of the day, if you want to be successful, you're going to sell something. And a lot of people are afraid of sales. Same reason. They're just afraid of rejection and all this. So I became very good at getting people out of their shell and capable of selling. So this kid had, you know, a couple of kids, a wife, but they'd always come in very, you know, quiet and shy. And he was very polite and shy. And so I brought him up front, turned him into a dickhead. No, just joking. <laughs> I, brought him out, I brought him out front, taught him how to sell. And, and next thing you know, he transformed. But more importantly, his wife and his kids transformed. He went from making minimum wage to $15,000, $20,000 a month. And made, it made a massive difference. And he was already a good guy. And the money uh, kind of made an impact into his family and made him even an even better guy. And I thought to myself, man, that feels good. I want to do this for a living. So I, so I quit my job and I went out and started doing it 
for the masses. Well, not the masses, whoever had hired me. You know, there wasn't very many actually, but so I started uh, training people. And then I realized very quickly that it, it wasn't working like it was in the past, which is weird to me because I'm thinking, dude, I'm saying the same thing. So I decided, let me figure out what I was doing that, that was so successful to where versus what I'm doing now. And I found four key ingredients that most people miss when it comes to training. And it's good content, repetition, practice, and accountability. See, when I was working and they worked for me, I was giving them repetition every day, practice every day, holding people accountable every day. And when I quit and went and started a business doing it, because I wanted to make more people, you know, have an impact and change their life financially, if, if, if anything else, um, I wasn't giving the repetition, the practice, and the accountability. I was just giving the good content. And I used to think that's just what I'm saying that matters. But, it, but saying it doesn't matter. Like, watching videos doesn't make you train. Like, I watch mixed martial arts. It doesn't make me a black belt. And so a lot of these companies out there, they're setting their employees down in front of a video calling them trained. They're not trained. They're exposed. And I don't know where you're from, but you'll get arrested for exposure here in Nevada. <laughs> I thought this was the one place it was legal. I mean, I got to it, it, it is not legal. And, you know, if you're from Alaska, exposure can kill you. So I highly recommend you don't expose people to information. You train them. And training requires good content, repetition, practice, and accountability. So once I discovered that, I knew that I had to figure something out. So that's when I created Lightspeed, which no one was doing it in 1999. And um, so I had to develop it. And then it started to work. And then naturally, I ran into competition. People saying, we use Zig Ziglar. We use Brian Tracy. We use all these different names. And I'm like, okay, so you're telling me if I had those guys, you'd buy it, you know? And being the consummate salesperson, I just wanted to close a deal. So I'm like, well, if I had Brian Tracy, this place would do it. And if I had Zig Ziglar, this place would do it. And they, they started telling me all of my clients or soon to be clients. So I'm like, I went and closed Brian Tracy, went and closed Zig Ziglar, went and closed Grant Cardone, <laughs> went and closed them all on using the system and bringing it out there because of that one guy that I helped. So since then, I've helped a ton of people, but I've also helped vicariously by bringing some of the subject matter experts out to those people through our technology. So there's so many stories. My podcast, you know, I get emails and, and DMs constantly from my podcast, and, and I'm like, dude, what did I say? Right. But that <laughs> you know, one you, guy changed your life. I know. They're like, well, that's what they tell me. They're like, dude, you changed my life. I said, what did I say? And they said, well, remember when you came out on 10X stage and you said to brush your teeth? And I'm like, Yeah. And he goes, dude, that changed everything. I'm like, you didn't know to brush your teeth? But you, you, you never know, you know, where people are. All I do know is nobody wants to fail. If you're failing, it's because of three things, mindset, skill set, or habits, right? So all I do is, is focus on giving people the information that I've learned helps. And I've seen a lot of them. And I've seen people like, claim that I've saved their life because they were about to commit suicide. I'm like, wow, that's, that's pretty powerful. So that's what keeps me going. And there's just so many of those stories. Amazing. I love getting to know like the man behind the movement. And I would love to know, you know, just hearing you talk about repetition and good content creation, like as a content creator myself, I understand that people trust who they see and who they see frequently. And obviously you've built a lot of trust with your audience. And I'm just curious, as someone who has a really big platform like you do, I would imagine people who see you so often think they know you. 
what is a misconception that you think people have about you um, that you would either like to make right? Or what if, how would you fill in the blank if people really knew me, then blank? Hmm. I don't know. I've, I haven't really thought about that. <laughs> you know, I would think a lot of people that really don't know me think that I'm uh, arrogant. And I'm far from arrogant. Um, I'm confident there's a difference. But I don't know, you know. I haven't really thought about that. That's a great question. I don't know. Well, what, would you th what do you think of me? I don't know. I just met you. I think it's you're really handsome. definitely you, you, confident. You don't, you, you don't, you don't follow me? I, I do follow you, but I don't see your content as much as a lot of people do. Come on. Because I'm busy creating like you Good. are. I don't consume that much, honestly. And, um, but you definitely have a persona that makes people stop and listen and want to know more. I, I would, I, I would I say it's an arrogant. Like for me, like I, I saw this confidence, but it's always misinterpreted of like that dude is, is full of like not knowing you like I've gotten to know you. Like, you know, you're like a guy that is so successful. And I think Grant gets this a lot too, because I got to know Grant. It's like, if you're successful, you don't know the person, you're very confident. You have a tendency to think that person's arrogant. Like they think their shit doesn't smell. And then when I met you, you know, I knew that you knew your shit smelled and you were t totally humble and confident. Like you were looking for advice on how to do something better that that I may do better than you, but I was also looking, as always, to figure out what you were doing next so we could help each other. And then my misperception, I think, is probably one that occurs a lot of times in successful people. Like, oh, he's an arrogant guy, and he deserves to be. I mean, he walks the walk, but, you know, he does. he's not very humble. And then when I really got to know you and sat and talked to you backstage one time, I was like, God damn, he's way more humble than I thought he was. Arrogance is easy to interpret. Right? That, that, yeah. that's, a, that's an easy, I think it's easy to misinterpret that. Yeah, what yeah, were you gonna say? Well, the one I just discovered as I was thinking through what she said, a lot of people assume that I'm trying to sell you something. Yeah. You know, like, well, you're just trying to sell your courses. Number one, I don't really have <laughs> courses. And the ones that I do have was just an example to show other people how to make courses. Because when you come into Lightspeed for a podcast, you don't even know what we do. And you're like, what do we do? And I'm like, oh, funny, you should ask. <laughs> but the, the, the followers, the people that watch me on social media that really don't know me, I think they think I'm just out trying to sell them. And, and I think the truth is I'm trying to help them. Because I always tell people, you know, especially when I'm teaching sales, if you just stop trying to sell somebody and start trying to help somebody, your vibration changes. And the whole synergy works better just from the get-go because your vibration is giving off positive, you know, I'm, I'm here to help you. And if I can't help you, I, I, I don't want to sell you anything. So I think that would be the biggest mis misconception. People think I'm trying to sell them things. And if you'll notice, go look, go look, go scroll. I don't sell you anything. Ever. I'm never offering you Ever. anything. It's crazy. And it's, they think I'm trying to sell you something. Yeah. <laughs> it's, fun, it's funny because, you know, a lot of my guys who, their strategy that when we created the brand was to make sure we give everything away for free. In fact, we'd have people looking and searching online for like, what's Brad doing, you know, that we can get for free, what this guy charging for that we could do for free. And I had dinner with Ed, my lad, and Dean Graziosi. Oh, Eddie, my lad. Yeah, and I said, guys, I go, I just can't bring myself to stand on a stage and sell a $25,000 program, you know, to the people out there. And they were in shock at me. They said, then you're cheating you and your audience. I said, what do you mean? And Dean said, he said, Dave, you know, have you ever bought anything? 
off of a stage or a commercial. And I said, yeah, Tony Robbins, who hasn't, right? Anyone successful is, you know, I had the cassettes in my trunk as a sales guy. You know, I think it was like 40 cassette tapes that I pump in there. And he goes, and how'd that work out for you as an investment? I'm like, I was a freaking millionaire in nine months. And he was like, oh, okay. And what about, you know, like Wayne Dyer? I bought everything Wayne Dyer have ever written, CDs and DVDs. How'd that work out? You changed my entire mindset, made me over $100 million. So you're telling me that you're not good enough to help people then. Right, and so there is a fine line that we, we don't pump our stuff out. You look through my stuff. There's not one sale going on other than email me. If it's free, it's we, email me. But in, in the end, when you provide value, people ask you for stuff, and hopefully you can articulate, and I think you do this real well, articulate the quantitative value to exceed what they're asking for. And there's a difference between selling cars and promoting yourself and articulating a quantitative value. Um, in the last couple of minutes, I want to ask you about that. When you get really successful, one of the challenges for your people become there's too much business. And, and I know you must have this because I've seen your social media and your engagement. And you have all, your own people. Like, you can handle the prioritization of knowing what you want to do, but you have all these people working for you now, and they make more money than they've ever dreamed of, but they have a difficult time just not what I call surface selling. Just take what's easiest. And they've lost that culture that made you and your company what it is by truly learning to prioritize the best aligned opportunities. Have you found a way with all the training that you do and the people that you've siphoned great information from, figure out a way to carry or pass down that ability of prioritization of opportunity when you are successful, when it gets really easy, when you're an order taker instead of a sales guy? I almost need someone to translate. Sorry. <laughs> That's my biggest problem, right? Justin, can you dummy that down for me? <laughs> um, Basically, I'm saying, you know, you become order takers when you're really successful in your business yeah. and your sales guys lose that ability to find the best opportunities or they let so much slide through the cracks because there's so much opportunity. Yeah, I mean, you know, we all fall short. Uh, you just have to kind of remind people. A lot of times people are looking to learn things when they should actually unlearn some things. And then there's people that, need, that think they need to learn things when they just need to remember things. So sometimes we get in a little bit of a comfort zone and we have to be reminded. You know, sometimes an unexpected bill or situation reminds us real quick. But, you know, I think good leadership and a good culture keeps, keeps kind of the why on the forefront. Like a lot of people, they don't know that I own RV dealerships because I never really talk about that. Um, and I, I don't know how many employees from all the companies that I'm involved with we have. I'm sure it's over 500. And every, I would say, three weeks, all I think to myself is, does everybody have what they need, right, to achieve what it is they want to achieve, whether it's software, training, connections, network, opportunity, whatever it is. Um, and so I just put a reminder in my phone. You know, does everybody have what they need? Because it's my job to make sure everyone has what they need. And hopefully, you got the right people on your team. A lot of times, believe it or not, we're trying to attract stallions, and the way to attract a stallion is to make sure you don't have any turkeys. Because if you've ever seen stallions running across the plains, you don't see turkeys in between their feet, right? That's because stallions don't run with turkeys. <laughs> so, so a lot of us, we will, we will have turkeys, but we don't want to get rid of them because we're so worried about this, that, and the other thing. And so the stallions come around, and then they don't stay because you have turkeys. So I eliminate the turkeys when I see them, and I just hope, hope, 
hopefully, you know, attract stallions and because you need a team. That's what I've learned lately. People said the other day, what's the hardest thing in business? And I'm like, building a team, yeah. like finding a team because everybody that's like really good, they don't, they're already doing their thing. So it's almost like, you know, all the top level people, they're all doing their thing. They're not going to get on your team. So now you have to go a little bit tear down and hopefully you can bring those people up. And as soon as you bring them up, guess what? Well, they want to go do their own thing. My camera guy that follows me around, I've had like 10 of them because they always want to go start businesses. Right. Especially your camera guy. Yeah, they come up, they're like, Brad, you know, you've been, I've been listening to you for about six months and you're right. I need to start a business. And I'm like, all right, see you later. Do you know any other ones you can send my way? <laughs> but what it, what it boils down to is it took me 20 years to build Lightspeed into an eight-figure company. I've built three more eight-figure companies in the last eight months, all with a personal brand. So all of that TikTok, social media nonsense, everyone's like, what do you do that for? I'm telling you, everyone should do it. Yeah, building a community, those people that Yeah, because see. you have a personal brand whether you think so or not. The question is, is it good and does, you know, how big is it? But with the personal brand, you know, you can get some serious work done. Yeah, it's amazing to make an investment in community, especially I think in the next 24 months, people who see as an expense are gonna see a differentiator compared to those who have made the investment to build that community. And I've had the exact same experience, not knowing that I would be there, that everyone, because of the size, scope, and scale of the audience, has an ability, if you provide those four things you were talking about, to build a community based off of your frequency, your, effort, your, your essence, your capability. So if you're, you know, Dr. Pimple Popper, you know, which years ago would be impossible for you to have a community of people because you only had a reach that would be so small. Nobody would thought, you know, 20 years ago that Dr. Pimple Popper would have more subscribers than Bradley, Ed Milet, Dave Meltzer, and Tony Robbins combined, and a TV show on Bravo. But because she knows those four things and is consistent in practices. Is there a Dr. Pimple Popper? Yeah, it's on Bravo. And she has more subscribers than the entire Pro Football Hall of Fame. Because people like watching... Pimples get popped or something? Exactly. There's proof of my point. Always proven our point. The incredible bomb dropper himself, Lightspeed's founder and CEO. We're blessed to have you here, and we're going to have you back as much as we can. Bradley, thank you for joining all of us here. Thank you guys for on having me. Hours. Incredible. Thank you. My pleasure. Awesome.